Gather round, children's gather round. Story time with Uncle Jaspis. We got a part two of Forget About Jay. And from the last episode, if you listened yesterday, I believe we left off at around hike school. So for starters, nothing was normal about my high school um, that I went to. Everyone in one way, shape, or another, probably had brain damage. And it was just the severity of brain damage that differed because our school was 500 yards from a poo plant. Yeah, sounds like a joke. I wish it was. It's not. You think I'm kidding? Go look it up. Crystal Lake South. Go Gators. And Crystal Lake, Illinois. Northern part of Illinois. If you Google map that, you will see waste management facilities, or as we like to call the doo-doo plants. Our school was the home of the gators, and our slogan was, Welcome to the Swamp. Not to be confused with Swamp Ass. But the stories that I'm about to share with you will make more sense because you understand that if you went to Crystal Lake South, you have brain damage in one way or another, you know, just from huffing all of this toxic waste, also known as, you know, the doo-doo, which we were just inhaling for nine months out of the year for four years. So that can't be good. So I hope you all enjoyed the last episode. Uh, this is going to be more story-based uh, high school when everyone has their <laughs> their crazy stories, right? And actually, what, like a coming of age, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. This is mostly when it happens. So hang on tight, stay tuned. It's going to get greasy. So when I was a freshman entering the new facility of a high school, like think about it, when you were in middle school, and you had just graduated eighth grade, and it was time to go to the big show, you're getting the called up, high school was it. Like, this is it. This is where girls are wearing thongs, right? This was it. You were probably going to have sex for the first time. You're probably going to drink alcohol for the first time. This is the coming of age. You want to get in with the cool kids. You want to be the cool kid. This is what makes life. There are so many movies based on this. Like the coming of age, high school. This is you. So with that set up, I mean, I didn't really think of it like that. I was just, because I had a brother. He was old. He was four years older than me. So when I was, let's see, when I was going into freshman year, he was a senior, right? And everyone's probably like, oh no, you probably got bullied like a son of a bitch and your life was hell. It wasn't. My brother was a hybrid. What do I mean by hybrid? Let me tell you what I mean by hybrid. My brother was a computer nerd mixed 
with a hockey goalie. He was the high school goalie. So we had enforcers on our side. Thank God. So the the team loved him um, since I'm his brother. The B2 Bomber is what they called me because our last name is Baroni. If you spell it out, it's Bar 1, B-A-R-O-N-E. So they saw me and they're like, Bar 2, what's up, Bar 2? So it's like that. Anyways, my brother's friends were awesome. They never gave me grief, never gave me a hard time. Um, there was this one, ah, there's two instances. So it was like the first day of high school and the final bell rang. It was just orientation and going around your classes, meeting your teachers. So nothing significant happens. But as I'm walking outside, he pulls up with his friends with tons of water balloons and just start decking all of us, you know, just start spraying it all over and we're running, trying to get away. And it wasn't just my brother with the the balloons. Like this was a senior gag on the new freshmen. So everybody was getting their licks. So I thought that was kind of cute. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like taking a paddle to your ass, like on the movies you see and just like wailing on your butt until it's red and bleeding and pretty much getting harassed and hazed wasn't anything like that that's a later bit in life we'll get to that in the next episode um okay so with that out of the way eminem was huge actually i shouldn't say huge not yet not yet he was blowing up to me he was huge and in one of the previous episodes with gnu we talked about this. He's a rapper, and we went over this. Um, if you want to go check out that episode, it goes into way more detail than what I'm about to say. But I kind of saw this wave of hip-hop and rap coming, like from a mile away. The music was just too goddamn good. It was just too good, and Eminem was the man to me. So I wanted to be just like him, I guess. And I started writing music, and it was like this huge outlet for me. And I dressed just like him. And I want you to know that at this time in 2002, what was mainstream is probably alternative rock right now. So let me give you some examples of what the top songs were or bands in 2002 of alternative rock. So you had like... The White Stripes, Jimmy Eat World, Good Charlotte, The Hives, The Strokes, Weezer was big, Audio Slave, Beck, uh, Nirvana was still kicking ass, uh, The Offspring, Moby, Sum 41 was huge. Um, songs are like along that line, that genre was mainstream. It was not rap at this moment. There were some rap songs. But I was an outcast, pretty much. Me and my my two other friends, actually three other friends, who I'll, I'll get into. But that was it, man. I was dressing like I was black and trying to rap and write music, and people didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> so I was. That's a good way to make a uh, an introduction to your freshman year, right? Just be ostracized because of how you're dressing. Uh. The look in high school, I remember, was if you wanted to be in the in crowd, you had to dress preppy. And I eventually gave in to that, I think, like, end of sophomore year, junior to senior. 
we'll get more into that. We'll we'll stick with uh, freshman year right now. So who were my friends? Um, I met Danny and Brian, who ended up being my best friends still to this day. Probably, well, it might have been at a, a Crystal Lake South football game. Maybe August or September was the first time that we had like formal introductions, but they lived in my neighborhood for basically the entire time that I lived in my neighborhood. Like we, we've, we were neighbors for probably 15 years, but never hung out really. Like we were acquaintances, but never, you know, buddy, buddy. The first instance that I remember of us becoming friends and here we go with like being 15 years old and being a complete dumbass thinking you know everything and you're just trying so hard to fit in with anybody and everybody like high school is a wild time man like it's it reminds me of the jungle just like so much rage and hormones and testosterone and estrogen just roaming around in these halls these enclosed halls like fueling with alcohol what the fuck do you think is gonna happen oh my god (laughs) it's a concrete jungle in there nobody's safe but back to the instance that me and danny met it was uh it was at the football game and we were under the bleachers for whatever reason and um we wanted to make it look like I got into a fight. So like our first connection, I think was Danny taking his cell phone case off. And at that time it was a Nokia and these Nokias were like fucking bricks. Like you could chuck it off a skyscraper as hard as you can. And that thing will still have full battery life reception and probably just like, a little chip on the corner of it. Like these things were, were made for war. I think anyways, he took off the, the case and there was these ridges that snapped in to the case. So there's, there was like some pointy ridges on the back of the phone case and he took it off and he was just ripping my knuckles with it. Right. Just ripping my knuckles. We're trying to get it bleeding. So I look cool. So it looks like I was just in a fight, like beating some kid's ass which I probably had a, a better chance of beating some kid off in a, in a porter potty because I was a little bitch back then. But he just ripped my knuckles off, and they were bloody. It was, a cold, it was a cold night. So I remember it being like black and blue and bleeding. And that was like, that was our pact. That was our blood pact, I guess. That was like my very first memory of how I came to be with Danny. I don't know how the fuck we actually met. Like, oh, hey, I'm Jay. What's your name? Danny? Nice to meet you. I don't remember any of that. This is the first vivid memory I have with Danny. I'm sure if I get Danny on the show, he'll say something completely different. He probably has a better memory than me. But that's what I remember, Danny. Anyways, how, how did I meet Brian? Brian always had house parties. His mom would leave for like weeks on end. And I think Danny invited me to go to Brian's house and it was just me, Danny and Brian and we were all kicking it. And that was like the first time all three of us actually hung out. 
Okay, so we're going to have to fast forward in time a little bit because freshman year was just like the introduction. Nothing really happened. I was trying to be know my position in high school and just go under the radar as most do and not stir up a fuss and try to be a good student. So I did that. Um, freshman years, yeah, there's nothing that really comes to mind besides meeting who would ultimately become my best friends for life. Fast forward, we're in sophomore year now. This is where it gets juicy. This is where <laughs> where Danny, Jay, and Brian meet Lisbon, Elsie Killa. And me and him still are in, in contact to this day. He moved to California. Good move on your side. Um, But man, these parties at Brian's house, because like I mentioned, his mom would leave. And Brian had an older brother who was, he liked to drink and he had a fake ID. He liked to smoke weed, liked to do drugs. So when you got like, 15, 16, 17-year-olds that are just, like, fiending for any kind of escape. Yeah, we were partying pretty much every weekend at their house. And I'm not talking about, like, four, five, six little people just having a gathering, get, like, a case of beer and drink. No. No, this was full-blown, maybe, like, 75 people in this house. And it was a... It was a smaller house. It was two-story, but it was a smaller house. So, I mean, like, the entire place was filled, and we were getting kegs. And I started smoking Swisher Sweets back then. Like, I remember getting off school, and I'm like, yo, Jeff, let me get a Swisher Sweet. That was Brian's brother. And he would toss me one. I'm 15, thinking I'm, like, stressed out at the entire world and just huffing and puffing on this thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Do you take do you taste that? It tastes like strawberries, dude. This tastes like strawberries. It's so good. <laughs> so I would always like ask him to buy a pack of Swisher sweets after school. Like a fucking idiot. Um, he would shame on you, Jeff. Shame on you. You shouldn't have done that. You're a bad influence. <laughs> Just kidding. But back to the parties, there's this, there's this memory that just is so ingrained in my mind because Brian probably should have died this day. Should have died. I'll go ahead and share. I won't I won't let it marinate for that long. So we were all wasted, okay? We're probably 15, 16 years old, shit-faced, wasted. I'm talking like handles down the hatch, 30 racks down the hatch, like for for being a 15, 16-year-old, I should not be able to drink as much as I did back then. Like something was, It was a real problem. Same with Brian. Brian can take a water bottle and just put it up to his lips. And if the water bottle had vodka in it, just squeeze that water bottle and would chug like three-fourths of it. No problem. One breath. Blech. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're, we're fucked up. And Brian was doing this little party trick. Yay, everyone was clapping for him, giving him a, a round of applause when he would do it. So he was upstairs on the banister, and there was a rail that went from one wall all the way to the other wall, and then it led to some stairs. And the railing was probably maybe like four feet, so it would go up to like maybe his midsection if you're standing straight up. 
and he was wearing jeans at the time with a big belt buckle because those were in style back then, like these giant ass big belt buckles. And to give you an example, I had this giant belt buckle too, but it had a fucking beer opener on it. And I would wear that to parties. So I'm like, hey, girls, you want you want me to open your beer here? Put it right here and pop it. So they like had to put their hands to my crotch. Good God, I'm kind of creepy. But that's what it was, man. That's what it was. You're 15. You're reckless. Your hormones are raging. Everyone's like DTF and it's just all liquored up. Anyways, Brian was doing these party tricks. He had this big belt on. And he's on the the banister and the railing is at his hip. Okay. So he puts both hands on the railing and he basically does a handstand on it. He like flips himself. So he's completely vertical, right? So his feet are now pointing at the ceiling and his head is looking at the floor and where his belt is, his midline. He was able, (laughs) what a a fucking idiot. He was able to shove his belt buckle into the railing. So it was kind of like lodged in there and he could let go of his hands and he would balance just all on his belt buckle. So he's inverted right now. And the only thing holding him up (laughs) is his belt buckle. Okay. I hope you got a good picture in your head. Okay, so he was doing this throughout the entire night, and, you know, one thing leads to another, we're drinking, conversation goes on, you forget things, you go outside, you smoke weed, yada, 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 like, hours go by, you get a little hot, and you get a little uncomfortable, so what happens, you change clothes, right? So Brian went to go change clothes, yeah. So instead of jeans, he went to go put on some basketball shorts, get much more comfortable. That's cool. But not when you want to do that party trick again. So I remember vividly, I am downstairs on a lazy boy that looks directly up to the railing and the banister that Brian was performing these tricks. Okay. So I'm there. I'm lazy boyed out. And Brian, the, uh, the house jester, if you will, the entertainment comes back around. Hey, Jay, what's up, man? Watch this shit. Watch this shit. I've been doing it all day. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, do it. So he takes his hands, puts them into position, flips his feet over. He, now he's balancing. He's a, he's a really good athlete. He was huge back then, like muscular and shit. He went through puberty probably at nine years old. So he's got these huge-ass arms, and he's able to to hold himself inverted on this railing. And the final step is for him to put his belt buckle on that railing so it balances, right? So he does that. Puts the belt buckle there. All right. Thinks it's locked in, and he removes his hands. Bam! Dude must have fell like 25 feet. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Face first. Like he dropped like a torpedo that the Japanese were dropping on during Pearl Harbor. Like that. Like just just face first. Landed right in front of me, man. <laughs> Looked like a goose that got shot. Just face planted right in front of my lazy boy that I was laying on. I thought I just saw like a, 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 I don't know, a suicide, I guess. Wasn't a murder. He murdered himself, which is suicide. 
and he wasn't moving. Like uh, his neck is broken for sure. He la- he took that fall and broke it with his chin. Like you're not okay. But I remember just like, uh, yeah, that happened. And I walked over him, not even checking on him because I'm so fucked up and I can't handle that right now. So I walk into the kitchen and, you know, I go get another beer and I turn around and Brian, <laughs> Brian's standing right fucking behind me. <laughs> you want to talk about a dude that is like a cat with nine lives? That is him. Brian, you are a kitty cat. Meow. He had, so all, the only thing that happened was he has like this nasty bruise in his mouth. He like bit his lips so hard when he did that, but he didn't die. He should have died. He did not die. I, it's like unexplainable. And I think after that, he went into the bathroom and shaved his pubes. I think, I think that's how that night went. But to fall from 25 feet, and break it with your face and you don't have a severe injury is just like unfathomable. So that, that brings me to like when people are drinking and getting car accidents, it's usually the person that is drinking that does not die. And I think there's scientific evidence. I don't know. I probably shouldn't have even said that cause I'm not a scientist and I didn't look it up, but I guess my theory is, that you're so like lubed up and loose and just like don't give a fuck that when you get into like a, a compact accident like that, your body is just more loose and not stiff. You don't expect it. So you you're able to just like you bend like water, I suppose. Whereas if someone knows it's coming, they like stiffen up and it's probably easier to break a neck or like pull some shit. Or die, apparently. But that's just my theory. I'm not a scientist. Uh, I'm also not a financial advisor. So that was like, that's Brian's house in a in a nutshell. And that went on for like sophomore year, junior year, senior year, just parties after parties after parties. Yeah, so when you're partying that often, like this is when I started getting anxiety. And, you know, when you're able to look back on things retrospectively, it makes complete sense. Like, I was fucking my body up so much for how much alcohol I was drinking. And I don't don't really want to blame it on weed, but I was smoking a ton of weed. Um, I wasn't doing any anything hard. Not to this point, however. That started uh, junior year, at the end of junior year, summer. But the alcohol was just killing me, man. And I didn't stop drinking until I was like 26. And I think a lot of my stresses and not able to function correctly had to do strictly with alcohol. So as of like 26 years old, right now I'm 34, I, I don't drink at all. I mean, maybe catch me with two drinks per year nowadays, and that started a while ago. Just, dude, I would wake up hungover so much, and like a hangover would give me like this crippling anxiety, and one thing would lead to another. Like if I have anxiety, I want to pop 
like a Xanax just to get rid of the feeling. And then Xanax would turn to like when I was on uh, opioids, I would want to go to opioids because that numbed everything and took away the bad feelings too. Like it was a, a snowball effect and it usually all started with alcohol. So it's like, all right, my common denominator, what is it? It's alcohol. Cut out alcohol. Okay, cool. Did that. And it, it's not instantly, right? Got to wait a while. You got to be patient with it. You got to get yourself on a good schedule. Sometimes you got to cut out friends and like hobbies that you enjoy, not because you don't like them, but just to focus on yourself so you can like get shit straight, get shit in order. So I had to do that. I became became a loner for quite some time just to like get my shit underway and focus on me and you know i feel like i'm in a good spot now so i'm glad i made that decision it was the hardest decision i probably ever had to make but i did it and no regrets i would uh some people can get away with it too so i'm not gonna sit here and be like ah drinking's the devil if you drink you're a bitch and you're probably mean and you know you're fucking up your life no no drinking's fun it's a nice lubricant like it's a nice social lubricant, but like I overdo everything. I overdo everything. I can't like just have, well, now I can, I can do like one drink and be done just because the hangovers are so fucking bad if I have more than a drink. But back then it was like, if I had one drink, let's just go off for a drink, right? Yeah. We'll just have like one drink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Turns into fucking like six drinks and a Jaeger bomb and like two shots and then going out to another bar that closes at 4 a.m. and going to the casino because that closes at 7 a.m. And <laughs> and then when you go to bed at like 7 a.m. after being up all night, like you sleep until fucking 7 p.m. Your whole day is shot. You feel like shit. You have to drink so you don't get withdraws. It's like a real shitty life to live for me. People can handle it. I can't. So there's me on my soapbox. So last episode, I remember I said that I had this one giant regret and that was with Matt and Barbie, right? But as I was thinking about high school, there's definitely another one that's on top of the list there too. And maybe I have, I do a better job of blocking it out of my head. Could be. But I definitely felt like shit during this. Obviously, I'm going to share the story. You know me. I'll tell the story. Um, Let's see. I think this was fresh. No. No, this is probably like junior year. Sophomore or junior year. No, actually, it was freshman year. I'm sorry. It was freshman year because my brother was a senior. And this has to do with him. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was a freshman. I guess something did happen. Okay. Um, Me and... uh, a friend from my neighborhood, his name was Jason. Um, he was a year older, so he was a sophomore at this time. We were hanging out, and for whatever reason, he had friends who were already drinking, I suppose. I can't believe this is a freshman year. Damn, okay. Um, so I tagged along with him to go to one of his buddies' house in his basement, I guess they were partying or something. I don't remember drinking though. I really don't think I was drinking. They were, um, I smoked weed. That's what I did. I got high. Okay. So we were in this dude's basement at night 
um we got high and then when you get high you get adventurous well some people do so we're like yeah dude let's let's go out in the backyard and go fucking roam through some some trees you know let's just do that that sounds like a good idea yeah yeah let's do that so we end up doing that and we traveled a little bit further than we expected than we anticipated i suppose i ended up by my high school which from my house is 20 minutes and from the kids house that we were at was probably 15 minutes away because we lived nearby so we roamed around there and there was this place called white hen and this is like a uh a convenience store it's a 7-eleven essentially that's what it turned into a white hen is what it's called but we were so high and we were just buying all <laughs> all these munchies and drinks and stuff. And then Jason's friend got a text message from and his friend was this little cute girl. And she got a text message from one of her friends saying, hey, do you want to come party? And actually, no, it wasn't a fucking text message. We didn't have text messaging back then. It was a phone call. Maybe we had T9. I don't know. Whatever. This is beyond the point. She received a call or she was communicating with someone. Sorry, I'm trying to be as accurate as I can be. She received contact from someone. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll be there. All of us are going. So it's like three dudes and this one cute girl. And supposedly at this other house, there's more girls there. And, you know, being a freshman and sophomore, it's like, of course we'll go. Of course. We're thinking with our dicks. Sure. So we end up going. Like Actually, this like, Older guy gave us a ride in a, a Ford Taurus, I think it was. This green Ford Taurus. Don't know why I remember that. It's kind of creepy. And he's driving all of us. It was one of her friends who came and picked us up. And drove us to like this get Like there were some poor areas by me. Some real s- sketchy areas. You have to drive a little bit. Maybe like 10 minutes to get there. But we ended up in this small little smoke infested apartment and it was not a party. This looked like a murder scene. I felt like I was getting set up by the family, the Mansons. Like this wasn't good, but this this girl was really cute and I wanted to spend the night so I can try and get with her. And I mean, that's basically what happens. I'm like, yeah, I'll sleep over. Sure. Not a problem. Not knowing how I would get home the next day. or I don't know any of these fucking people. All I know is I get to sleep in the same bed as this one girl that I thought was really cute. But I'm such a prude at freshman year. Like, I'm not going to do shit. I'm not doing anything. I just wanted to sit next to you and maybe you'll make the first move. Hey. But <laughs> that's what happened, man. We ended up going to sleep. And we just slept in the same bed next to each other and nothing happened, just got high. And I think people were drinking and it was like very anticlimactic. Jay, where's this story going, man? How is this going to be like a regret? This story is like kind of boring. I get it. This is what happened. Okay. So I'm stuck. We wake up. Don't know where the fuck I'm at. We have cell phones, but very limited use. And the day that we woke up just so happened to be my brother's graduation. And I had no idea how I was going to get home and make it. I slept till noon, so I already missed the graduation. And I don't think I I knew it was his graduation. 
at the time being. But then, oh, I know what happened. Yeah, my phone died. My phone died and someone had a charger. So I charged it at their house at like noon. And I just had all of these missed calls from my mom. Now, anyone that knows back in the day, like before text messaging or limited text messaging, like if if you weren't around, like your phone was getting fucking blowed up by your mama. And there must have been like a hundred phone calls and like seven voicemails and just like your stomach drops when you see that shit. I'm a freshman. I'm like 14 years old. I'm supposed to be home and I don't know where the fuck I'm at. I don't know how I'm getting home. I missed my brother's graduation. There's so my mom is looking for me. My peep, my parents think I'm a missing persons probably at this moment. And there was a, a graduation party for my brother that day at our house. So like, I forgot how I got home, but it, it wasn't on time at all. It was like, four or five o'clock in the afternoon like that dude that drove us to this sketchy ass house gave me a lift back to my house and the party was ending it was already gone but it was just like my grandma my mom my dad came to visit our dogs um i think that was really about it who was there and there was a giant party and I missed it. I missed his graduation and I missed the after party because I was chasing pussy unintentionally, which turned into intentional. And then like nothing even happened. What a waste. <laughs> I think, I don't know how he feels about it. I think he's pretty pissed still to this day that I missed his graduation. Um. Yeah, that sucked. That was so intentional. I don't think they know the story either. But missed his graduation, so that's another regret. I mean, dude, I'm not trying to defend myself, but yeah, it was so irresponsible. And I told you guys this from the start. Like, it, it, For me, it was a trial by fire. Like, I fucked up so many times throughout my life, and I have like plenty of stories to to share that might get you a sense of who I am and where I came from. And it's like, I see myself as a strong person just because some of these instances, like you really think the next day is not going to come. And I always had in my mind, like tomorrow Tomorrow's always a new day. We can always do better. We can always be better the next day. Always. For whatever reason. I don't know why. But I was always so positive in my own mind. I was always optimistic. I saw the glass half full for everything. And I got yelled at a lot. I got in trouble a lot. I got arrested. I'll, we'll get into stories maybe on the next episode. Because we're going to wrap this one up pretty soon. But I got arrested. I wasn't able to get into school, like colleges, because of my GPA was so low. Um, my ACT test was like, I, I don't know why they, they didn't put me in like an institution for the score that I got on my ACT. I got a 13. 
which everyone is probably like, that's impossible. I mean, if you get your name right, that's a 13. Well, I got my fucking name wrong, obviously. No, I, yeah, I got a 13, but the day before the ACT, I forget that just junior year, maybe, we had a kegger, a giant kegger, didn't sleep at all. I mean, I probably would have gotten a 15 if I was sober. I'm not like really good at reading comprehension, like I told you guys earlier. But I, I blew that off, man. I'm like, I don't want to fucking go to college. I don't need college. Fuck this test. So like, mostly I was just doing A A A B B B C D, and then like making some cool designs on the ACT test. Like, who in their right mind does that shit? It was the ACT. I didn't know, like the the impact of what that test did. Like that was never taught to me like I, I wasn't i didn't fully understand what the act was you know like now i know now it's monumental like it's huge but i don't know i blew it off and obviously i wasn't able to get in colleges because of my score so i had to go to community college and try and work my way up from there but the first year in community college i failed it's like school sucks man this is so boring i just want to drink and hang out with my friends and be social it's exactly what i did i did that until i was probably around like i don't know 20 21 and i had to keep taking these these tests and applying for colleges and writing these giant letters why they should let me in because my ACT was so low and my grade point average in high school was so fucking low. Like, no, we can't accept you. So all of my friends are going off to these colleges to go experience that. And then there's me. Like, I'm really social. And I wanted to do that so bad. I was trying so hard to get into college. I wanted it so bad because everyone made it look so fun. And like anyone who's anybody goes to college and it's just like, nonstop social and parties and you get like this brotherhood and yada 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 like the whole shebang right but i had to miss out on that because i fucked around in high school and didn't take my act seriously but i eventually did get into college after like years and years of hard work and trying to like explain to these people why they should let me in. Like, just give me a fucking chance, please. Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty intense, but I never took no as an answer. And eventually it prevailed. I graduated. Now looking back at it, I'm, I, I'm not an advocate for college. So it's kind of funny in that sense. <laughs> like I can get all the information online and from, you know, YouTube as literally everything, but I don't know. It's a funny world. But yeah, my life was, was kind of rocky and not so pleasant, I guess, in, in the respect of challenges. I had a very challenging life. Socially, it was fun. It was awesome. I love people. I love hanging out with people and learning from them. But as far as like academics and the challenges I went through, yeah, it was, I would say it's pretty, pretty goddamn tough. But with that, always remain optimistic. And I'm so nice to everybody because 
People did not give me a shot. People did not give me a chance. I don't know. I don't know what the reason was. When people see me, I don't know. They, I don't know what it is. And I don't want to use words that I don't mean. Like intimidated. I don't think people were intimidated by me. I don't, I don't think people were jealous of me. But they wouldn't give me. They would act like that though toward me. Like if I said hi to people, people would like kind of give me the cold shoulder or like try and put me down, say negative things to me. And I was never mean to people. I was never mean to people because I had such challenging life that I didn't want people to feel the way I felt. I want to treat people how I wanted to be treated, like nicely. Because life's hard enough. Life is so fucking hard enough that you don't need me getting on your dick about that you're late, you're two minutes late, that you had to make new plans and you can't meet up with me. I don't care, man. Like, it's not even about that. Just, I'm here to make your life easier because I know what it feels like to not be given a chance or to be shit on. Like, I know what it feels like. It's the worst feeling, but I'm almost kind of glad that it happened to me and not other people because I can take it. I can take it and I'll keep waking up with a smile on my face and just being optimistic because like, there's more people that do not get a chance at life than do have life. Think about it. Like there are so many like sperm that does not make the egg way more do not make the egg than making it. So being alive is a miracle in itself. So like from a young age, my thought process was, listen, man, for all I know, we get one of these. So why not finish the race the best you can until it, it ends like naturally? That was my thought process. And it has gotten fucking tough. I don't mean to make light of it at all. Like it has gotten tough. I was addicted to like dependent on Xanax. So I've seen some like the darkest pits of my mind. So bad. It was so bad. Every day. Like that was, that was the one point in my life where shit got a little hairy and I wasn't optimistic. And I'm like, oh fuck, this is never going to end. Every thought was negative. Every single thought was negative, the complete opposite of what I am. But I knew that it's because of a drug. And because I knew that, I knew that I can get better and that my original thought process would come back. I just have to to get myself treatment. I have to figure it out. I have to get on a schedule. It's going to be tough. But I like who I am, just not right now because of what this drug has done to me. So part two, we'll leave it off there. Um, yeah, listen, there's probably going to be more than four episodes of this. I mean, when I get to talk and there's just so many feelings and emotions that come up and then like sidetracked stories, I always thought that I was like this boring person because I never, ever talk about myself. When I talk about myself, I I feel like I'm 
I'm being almost like cocky when I talk about myself. But, you know, doing these episodes kind of makes me realize that there is some value in what I'm sharing. And hopefully, like, someone out there is like taking this information in and can use it and hopefully better their lives, you know? And I'll continue going over these stories, my personal experiences and how I grew from it and like how shitty things got. But just know, man, it it, it could get better. Like I'm living proof of that because my life got shitty at multiple points throughout the timeline. And, you know, I'll keep telling you at the end of every podcast, like I'm happy where my life is at. Like I really turned it around. And, you know, I'm excited for the future. So you could be too. Whew. Again, everyone, thanks for listening. Jesus, that was 45 minutes. Uh, we got plenty more stories to go through. I mean, we only went through a few stories about high school and that, and there's like hundreds more, but I'm trying to to pick out the most important ones that have been life altering and what I've learned from. So what I want to do is like the episodes or the days that I don't have people on like my guests, I have a guest tomorrow, but the days that I don't have guests, I'll just pop on by and just, you know, share a little bit about my life. And, you know, I'm going to try to put out a podcast every single day, except on Saturday and Sunday. And we'll see where that goes. Hopefully it's resonating with some of you guys out there, but I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have a nice night. I love you all. Peace.